Today, we're finishing up part two of nine traits of how to be an effective and valuable leader. Welcome back to the Ministry Coach Podcast, where we're going over part two of a two-part series all about the nine traits of an effective and valuable leader. My name is Jeff Lascola. This is... Kristen Lascola. And we hope you guys have already watched part one of this two-part series. If you haven't, go back. It was last week's. And I guess you can watch this one first, but ideally you'd probably want to watch last week's and then this one. Mm. Just is that to, how part one and two work? I, yeah, but the numbering, <laughs> I feel like it's a it's a succession where you need to go in order. That's the to. rule follower in me. I know. I was going to say, they're, they're all interchangeable. There's no rhyme or reason. If you guys get order. value out of this episode and you're watching on YouTube, please hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're listening on a podcast, we thank you so much for listening and make sure you subscribe there as well. All right. What is number... Six. Number six is adaptability. So this is the ability to adapt. Ha! Very good, <laughs> Jeff. I'm glad you're listening. So things change and sometimes last minute. And so this is a little different than the low maintenance quality. Say, They're similar. Like number number four was Oh, number four, four, I mean, sorry. It's low maintenance. Um, Number six is adaptability. So this is, let me give an example to show you the distinction. So our church is moving from email to using Microsoft Teams more. So instead of just sending all our communication needs through email to all staff, there's different teams. Well, it's a new system you have to learn. Mm -hmm. It's obviously going to take a week or two to... Hmm reset that habit. So the flexibility comes in that you're on board. I mean, it's going to happen with or without right. you. Oh, totally. Right. So it's the flexibility of like, I can learn something new. Sounds great. And being enthusiastic about stuff that really doesn't matter. That just might be a minor inconvenience mm-hmm. to your workflow. Now, if you want to go home and vent to your wife or husband about it, whatever, but <laughs> when you're at church and you're like expected to learn or adapt something new into your Maybe another example, we changed the way we did credit cards about a year and a half ago or Mm -hmm. whatever, and it was a lot different. And I'm still making mistakes on (laughs) it. And then I'll get my credit card statement back and she'll say, you did this wrong and I have to fix it and all that kind of stuff. But the adaptability part is like, well, I'm still doing it. I'm still learning. I'm still working it out. So having to be adaptable. Adaptable? Just adaptable. <laughs> adaptable. A pterodactyl. <laughs> to what's going on in your organization um, and keeping up with what is changing. Mm-hmm. So this could also look like a last minute change that you weren't ready for, which again is similar to being low maintenance, but having a really good attitude about something that is a curveball on Sunday morning. So your senior pastor comes to you and says, Oh my gosh, I need you to do um, announcements. announcements. <laughs> I say, that's gonna be the and one. if you're a one, this is going to be really hard for you because you like <laughs> to be prepared, organized, and that helps you feel successful. So being adaptable means, Hey, yeah, I'm ready to go because right. now we don't just ask anybody to do that. Let me remind you, these are qualities of leaders. So it's not like you just go to anyone and be like, announcements, go. (laughs) I remember one time I showed up to do a chapel at a Christian school 
No, I didn't even show up to do a chapel. I showed up to watch a chapel because one of my students was giving their testimony and I'm there (laughs) waiting for the student and I don't see her. I'm like, well, maybe she's backstage, you know, getting ready. And the chapel director comes up to me and he goes, where is she? I said, I was going to ask you the same thing. So I find one of her friends and I said, where's so-and-so? And she's like, at the airport, she's going on vacation to Hawaii. (laughs) And we looked at her Instagram. Sure enough, she's like waiting for her plane. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I told him, I'm like, she's going to Hawaii. Apparently she's a flight risk. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) Yeah. And he goes, can you do this? I'm like, (laughs) do what? He's like, can you speak? Pretend to be I'm like, chapel is starting now. And he was like talking to me and he's like, well, well." I said, okay. I'm like, let me go outside. I need to think. I need to pray. I need to play to Hawaii really quick. I need to just get in the zone. And I did it. I don't know if it was the best talk I've ever done. There were a lot of kids there, probably like 300 students. And I did it. And that's what I call adaptable. Boom. So being able to handle a curveball and do it well, that's what leaders do. Because leaders are problem solvers, problem fixers. And they're not people who say, oh, no, I couldn't do that. No, They say, who needs something done? And they adapt to be able to either assimilate to where... Other leaders are wanting to go with new systems and protocols and whatever. You can adapt, change more if you're good. You aren't so stuck in your ways and your preferences. And you can also be good on the fly when someone else needs you Mm -hmm. to step in and be the hero. That is adaptable. So does that all make sense? Yeah, I remember back when you uh, or when I was volunteering in your ministry, you got sick that one Sunday morning and you were like in a bar for something. And you're like, can you give the message? Was I there? Yeah, I showed up. You were there. You everything was ready <gasps> it's to go. It's when I ate that Chinese food. I remember that. <laughs> and you're like, I gotta go. And I'm like, okay. And you're like, can you give a message? I'm like, what? I did it. You're I a leader. Like doing it. You didn't really give me much chance. You were out the door right up. Baff somewhere. Baff. I did baff. Yeah. <laughs> I did. It's this one Chinese restaurant. Every time I eat there, it's delicious. I feel great. And then I wake up at 3 a.m. And you refund it. And I puke. So I don't eat there anymore. It took me three times to learn it's the restaurant. Something's wrong. I'm allergic to something. Fool me once. Shame on you. Maybe it's MSG. I hear a lot about that. All right. Number seven is valuable leaders are global thinkers. So we all have a job to do that we wake up in the morning thinking about. And that's obviously our first priority to make sure our specific job is done and done well. But a global thinker cares about the big picture as well, Mm -hmm. not just the silo of their ministry. So they care about what the experience is when people walk into church for the first time and they have ideas about how we could make it better. And they care about what's going on in the ministries above and below them. And they care about the quality. I mean, you just care about the Mm -hmm. church overall. I think youth pastors especially can get a bad reputation for overly caring about their own ministry and being like about the rest of the church, you know? And one way you can show this, if you're looking for an opportunity is at your next staff meeting. I think we've said this before, get off your phone. (laughs) Okay. Number one. Um, I'm taking notes. It's taking notes on my phone. Whatever. I have the Bible app open. <laughs> K Junior Hire. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like, you don't even, I didn't even tell you what book we're in today. You I'm know? already in the Bible. I'm always in the Bible. <laughs> but also, like, find a way to contribute. 
um, to a project that has nothing to do with you and maybe owns some part of that, that you can maybe take something off your senior pastor's plate. Like, Hey, I can make that phone call or, Hey, I can go pick that up or I can go shopping for that or whatever it may be. I can post the social media. I don't know plenty of examples, but how can you be a global thinker thinking of the church overall and be a real value to it? I think that's a good leader. You want your senior pastor to be available for whatever needs you might have in Mm. your specific ministry Mm. and vice versa. They like music to a senior pastor's ears is a youth pastor who cares about the church overall, not just their classroom. Number eight is the ability to grow something. So a lot of times when we're looking at hiring somebody that we don't know very well, we'll look at their ministry track record and we'll ask, did they grow something? Mm. Leaders, good leaders just tend to grow things um, because they're putting in. Now, don't hear me say, if your ministry is small, you're not a good leader. That's not at all what we're saying. Growing something is going from two students to seven students. Guess what? You just more than doubled your youth ministry. (laughs) You grew it. Congratulations. Whatever your size and context is, the number doesn't necessarily matter. What matters is that you're attracting more people to church, to the gospel, to what you're doing, to relationship, to like we want to see that what you have is something people want. Mm -hmm. You're making the, the experience of someone coming to church so amazing. And that's what I really want. One of my visions for churches, I just want junior hires to love going to church and I want them to be lifelong churchgoers and I want them to love Jesus and each other. Like that's just not a whole lot. And if we create this atmosphere where people really do love coming to church, guess what? They're going to probably invite their friends. Mm -hmm. They're going to tell the kids at the skate park about it or their teammates about it. And they're going to say, you should come on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And by nature, healthy things grow Mm -hmm. things that are attractive and have something good going, they, they grow. Now that's, that's a sign of a leader. If now do we expect our small group leaders grow your small group? No, their job is to disciple and maintain. So that's a different level of leadership, but the youth pastor should be able to grow the youth ministry. Now we all will get to a ceiling or a certain point, like you can't just grow forever right. and you can look at different percentages of like, okay, well, my church is this big. This is how big maybe the youth ministry should be. And you know, the, you won't just, well, last year we were a hundred this year, we were every 200 and 300 and 400 and 500. Yeah, like even you're if you not do gonna... go off of a percentage of the, here's the total congregation. So our percentage should be X. I don't think that's fair necessarily. It's always, how can we get, better how can we grow from where we're at that whole same one percent better not that it has to be one percent but like yeah we are at two kids what's it going to look like for us to get to three right and then we have three what's it going to look like for us to get to six you know and and i think like investigating that too like okay so a year ago we had three kids this year we have three kids why is that now are there some factors that could explain that 
well, we got a really small class and we graduated mm. or something happened in our Pandemic. church. Pandemic. I mean, yeah, you know. of course. There's definitely <laughs> reasons. Can't use that as an excuse again, though. Uh, we all went through it. <laughs> but there's reasons why you might not be growing. Yeah. But I think it's a good assessment every year to say, hey, are we growing? And let's explore some of the things of like, do we have to ask ourselves a hard question of, well, why aren't we growing? Mm-hmm. You know, have you ever been in a Bible study that you would not invite a friend to? Hmm. Well, why wouldn't you? You know, maybe you're like, well, I'm here because you know, I know the leader or (laughs) say, well, I'm here. So that's why I wouldn't invite anybody. But you know, like there's things that you're like, this is fine for me, but I'm not going to like invite people to it necessarily. And I think those are some hard questions that youth pastors have to wrestle with. Of Do you produce a quality program that people want to invite others to? Now, don't over-spiritualize this because I think what people can do here is say like, well, we preach the gospel and if they want it, they can have it. And if not, whatever. It's like you are a missionary to your culture. So to get people in the door, you have to have the EQ, like we talked about in the first episode, that was number three, the EQ to say, I have enough cultural awareness to know, like, do I have to do impossible shot questions and kids can win money if they make a weird basket and answer a stupid question? Does that have anything to do with the gospel? No, but guess what? I'm a student of who I'm ministering to. I'm a mm-hmm. missionary on this field called junior Highland, And I understand what these people want. And I understand how to attract them to this place so that I can tell them the gospel. I can show them the love of God. I can show them how to be in community and be a part of the church and something that they're going to hopefully do for the rest of their lives and into eternity but I have to get them in the door. Right. Well, then I know how to, I know how to do it. I know how to speak their language. Right. Be the exact same principle by being an international missionary. You don't say like, we're going to go to Guatemala and all we're going to do is open the Bible and start preaching. And that's that. No, you're going to go there and you build houses because that's what they need. Sure. And that's what they want. And you're giving them that. And it's like, Hey, now that there's a shelter, now that your bellies are full, Mm -hmm. let's, let's talk about this Jesus. Yeah. And for a junior hire, now that you've had pizza, (laughs) candy, soda, ice cream, games, music, (sighs) gaga ball, dodgeball. Well, when you put it in that perspective, maybe it is just goofy no No, it's like meeting a need what do they want they want fun they want to be with friends they They want a release like they're in school and they want a place that's their own too juniors don't go anywhere really without their parents oh they do actually you know it's like they want a place that's specifically designed for them it's like junior highland like we're gonna make it that (laughs) way scary thought i know that's a lord Lord of the flies (laughs) we've survived (laughs) but I think it's really important to ask yourself, are we speaking the language of the people we're trying to meet? And could that be why we're not growing? You know, do I want to play dodgeball and eat Kit Kats on Tuesday nights? Yes. No. Hmm. But if I had my choice of what to do on a Tuesday night, if I were ministering to people my own age, it would look totally different. Is it still church? Yeah. But I guarantee the people my age are not going to be like, where's the nine square and where's the mountain Where's the nine square? (laughs) So anyways, all that to say, healthy things grow. Good leaders know who they are supposed to reach and they can adapt and be flexible to reach that um, in order for them to have a steady stream of growth. Nothing crazy. We're not asking you to blow the roof off, but Mm. I think it's, fair to say 
healthy things grow. Are you growing? Is your ministry growing? Number nine. So this is also about growing, but this is now turning it inward and um, valuable. This is, this is where it gets scary. Yeah. Valuable leaders continue to grow themselves. Mm -hmm. So leaders never stop learning. Leaders never stop sharpening themselves. Leaders never stop developing and challenging and stretching themselves. So a leader who's valuable to the organization and, you know, I think that could survive for the long haul is in this constant state of development. Mm -hmm. You should. So we talked about just a second ago that your ministry should be in a different place than it was a year ago. Hopefully you're growing that ministry, but also your leadership should be in a different place than it was a year ago. How have you challenged yourself this year? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's speaking at a camp for the very first time and you've never done that, but you're like, no one's asked me to speak at a camp. <laughs> Ask them, right. hey, are you looking for a camp speaker? Or maybe it's a couple, you challenge yourself to read like some leadership books maybe one a month or something like that. Or um, maybe it's getting, if you can, we could do a whole episode on this, but like finding that mentor, or maybe it's not a mentor, like that high pressure, like we're going to meet every week, but just someone who you can, like I've called youth pastors that I feel like are further ahead of me that I don't really even know very well. And I'll just say, Hey, I think you're doing student leadership really well. Can we just talk about it for an hour, you know, and I'll send you a Starbucks gift card to say thank you for your time. Just finding those ways to grow or asking your senior pastor like, hey, is there something I can own or do that will stretch me? Maybe it's developing a new program, something like that. But you should be further along in your leadership every year. You should be able to look back. And one way you can tell is I know this isn't for everybody, but I was looking back at one of my old journals. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and just, I had some thoughts in there of what I was struggling with at that time, whether it was personally or ministry or whatever. And it's almost comical <laughs> because of how far I've come. It's like, mm. whoa, that used to be something that was like an actual issue for me that I was, you know, working through that right. seems so like removed from what would be in my reality right now. Belching on stage. Oh, wait, no, you still do that. I still do that. It's very relatable. <laughs> um, you know, but leaders are continuing finding ways to grow themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I guess that would be most of the people listening. Because if you're listening to a leadership or ministry podcast, that's already one of your goals. But you could also put it in terms of growing yourself spiritually, you mm. know, like what spiritual discipline have you sort of left by the wayside? Maybe you used to be really good at um, your prayer life and maybe now it's suffering or solo time or whatever it might be that was filling you up spiritually. You know, the classic youth pastor problem is I study the Bible because I have to, to do my job, but would I be studying it otherwise? Mm. And I don't know how I feel about that. Cause I'm like, I get a ton out of my study time and I just happen to get to use it for a message. Like mm -hmm. it's, but you do ask yourself the question, like, would I be doing this otherwise? And that's maybe more of like a heart check kind of thing. Yeah. There are some pastors too. I know that have kind of expressed their kind of in cruise control, which is sort of like, well, good for you. But at the same time, it's like, wow, that's kind of sad that you're not like 
choosing to better yourself or even better your ministry or grow somebody else yeah. and take on that role, it's like you're just kind of mailing it in. Yeah. That's sad, I think. Well, and it's, you it's, know. It's like what we all want to get to. But then once you're there, really, it should be, where's the next mountain? Like, right. where's that next peak? Right. And that's all about you know, becoming that much better of a leader. I agree. All right. So the question of today this one's funny. I think I already know your answer. I'm sure you do. What food did you eat? There is a moth in here. Sorry. <laughs> what food did you eat as a kid that was pretty disgusting? Go ahead and say mine. You know it. <laughs> a loaf of bread, a container of milk, <laughs> and a stick of butter. Only the last one. Yeah, exactly. Not the loaf of bread. I used to milk. eat. I used to eat <laughs> sticks of butter. I did. Would you, like. Do you mean like I just held a stick of butter and I ate some or would you consume like the whole stick of butter? I don't know if I did it in one sitting, but I remember <laughs> I would open the fridge and open that little butter right. thing at the top, unwrap the, the paper and just sit there and like <laughs> eat it like it was a candy bar. And I would like pretend I was doing commercials for like crunch or Snickers or something. And I would like be just eating the butter. I craved it. And then I used to go, like, if we went to a fast food restaurant, you know, those little, like, containers of half and half, they're, like, really tiny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just, like, drink them down. You must have had some kind of deficiency in your, in so your body. So, I don't know if this is true or not, but I met someone in college, and she said the same thing about the butter. She's like, oh, my gosh, I used to eat sticks of butter when I was little. And she told me it meant something about, like, it's when your cartilage is developing, like your body craves the extra fat. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I was probably deficient in something to be craving a stick of butter. Because I mean, it was a thing. It wasn't just one time. Yeah. It's pretty gross. Uh, for me, this was something that I didn't know what it was until much, much, much later on in life. But my dad used to buy something called brunch wager. Ew. Sounds gross. Sounds like soggy meat. It was like i think shredded like liver that is <laughs> formed into like this sausage kind of casing uh. thing and he'd slice it up and i just would just eat it i can uh. remember the taste and i honestly have not had it in decades you liked the taste i liked it back then it absolutely grosses me out now brunch wager brunch wager must be what country is that from I think it was a German thing. Yeah, that's what it, I'm like. It sounds not from around here. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't be. If you go to a grocery store, I'm sure you can find it. I don't. I can't remember exactly how to spell it, but I think that's how it was pronounced. Brunchwager. Gross. Just pureed, chopped up, formed liver. And it probably didn't even need to be refrigerated. Like one of those it, summer probably sausages. Not, but it was. I remember eating it cold. So. <laughs> Put in the comments below what is something that you <laughs> eat it as. Beat you eat it. Did I say you eat it? <laughs> you, you ate it. <laughs> as a child, that is absolutely disgusting. And that brings us to the end of this episode. <laughs> Sorry, that's all we have. <laughs> Thank There's you guys no so more. much for watching and listening, and we will see you next time.